Greetings everyone, Andy Dukes here again. We all love the new R18, and we're starting to see some pretty cool soul-fueled custom versions doing the rounds. In this episode of Ride and Talk, I chat with Greg Mantle, the son of ex-Formula 1 world champion Nigel, about his latest R18 custom project, Il Leone. As a professional racing driver himself, an absolute bike nut, you can imagine that the main focus of Greg's build would be speed and agility. But when I caught up with him at his BMW Motorrad dealership in Jersey, I was soon able to add innovation, craftsmanship and passion to that list. Enjoy the listen. Greg Mansell, welcome to Ride and Talk. It's great to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. It's very exciting to speak to someone who shares um, some interest in crazy bikes. Absolutely. Just to get us started, tell us about island life in Jersey and what kind of a place it is for motorcyclists. I've never been there, so I'm intrigued. Yeah, well, it's, we're very fortunate. We've got a beautiful island, some incredible coast roads. Um, unfortunately, a very low speed limit. Um, speed limit's 40 miles an hour around the island. But we're only an hour away via ferry from France. So there's a huge amount of um, guys heading to, the, heading to France for the weekend, track days, touring, We've got some great motocross spots on the island, so it's, a, it's an incredible hub for motorbikes. And because it's only five by nine miles and the traffic's um, so slow moving, it's an incredibly safe place for bikes. Yeah, and not too many straight roads, I should imagine. No, we've got one. <laughs> the police are always watching. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you've just explained a lot to me then, because with your background in racing, I was thinking that there'd be a lot more sort of super sports uh, bikes on, on, the, uh, on the agenda rather than R18 custom projects, but that kind of explains a lot. It's definitely been an adjustment, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, the, the bike of choice for the island is, is on purpose to try and keep us slowing down makes perfect sense and the background to the dealership or dealerships there's clearly a strong connection with you the family and formula one isn't there yeah i mean my brother and my dad started this business about seven years ago um i was still racing at the time i was doing lmp1 and uh, world series renault and um they started off with hyundai mitsubishi and then when i retired from motorsport i went into cycling and leo and my dad are still plugging away at this place and only recently i started here a year ago um, kind of move back into the family fold from sport and uh, yeah first thing I did was get the BMW dealership because I'm obsessed with bikes now because frankly they're the closest thing you can get to a proper race car um, even all the best Ferraris you can buy they're still so far away from a track car um, whereas the S1000RR or any high performance superbike is pretty much it um, and terrifying and fun yeah that's interesting because the thing that's always amazed me is that you can buy something like a double R for, let's say, £15,000. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get an incredible amount of performance, do you? No, it, and the technology now, I think the, the aids, as much as if you're kind of new school or old school. If the, the aids on the cars I hate because I grew up driving without them, but the aids on the bike I really like because they make me look cooler. I can ride faster and not kill myself. Um, but I really think the entry level now, BMWs and all the other manufacturers, it's such a cool uh, opportunity for people to feel what speed, real speed and real real power to weight ratio is. Yeah. So what what was it about the BMW Motorrad brand for you and, and the desire to get a dealership? Where did that fit into your overall thinking? Um, f- for me, I always kind of, especially with Jersey, it's what it's missing 
And um, because it's such a small island, it is limited by some economic challenges. And I think BMW is one of those dealerships that didn't have enough backing to kind of show itself. It's got such a huge range of bikes. Um, At the moment, it's got the um, 1250 GS, GSA, which is the best adventurer, arguably, in the world. And the S1000RR, which is the best superbike in the world at the moment. And everything in between. Um, They're definitely... um, just so specialized in terms of the best of the best the engineering most of them are shaft drives which is fantastic um, but i just wanted a bit of fun to be honest i mean hyundai and mitsubishi's are brilliant cars great warranties but they don't really get me up in the morning and get me excited <laughs> i wanted uh i wanted to come to work and frankly i can't afford a lamborghini or ferrari so <laughs> motorbikes are the place to be absolutely yeah now is there also a strong heritage custom scene on the island i mean i see you've got some cool r9ts for sale yeah, to be honest, no. Um, we've got this fantastic guy who started working with me very closely, Steve Burt. He's been designing the R18 with me. And we're trying to kind of um, jumpstart the custom scene in Jersey uh, and get all the local guys involved. It's just even the R18, we'll go on to it in a bit, but the, I've got some <laughs> a wooden radiator, the oil guards handcrafted wood, um, which seems like a great idea till I hit a big stone, but I think it will be okay. <laughs> um, but he's a local guy, never done anything involved at bikes ever before, but with so many more wood elements being incorporated, he's just a, a master craftsman in Jersey and now helping me build bikes. So we're trying to really use the local local experience and scene and get them all involved, and I hope in the coming years it will start to grow. Is this the guy in the pictures in the dealership I've seen, the guy known as Custom Bike Steve? or is Custom Bike else? Steve, yeah. Steve Burt. He's a, he's a poster boy. Yeah, yeah, it looks fantastic. And he's actually been building bikes since the 1980s, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he's been building bikes since the wheels were square. Um, and he's just got so much experience and knowledge. But it's been a quite a fascinating dynamic between the two of us there's always photos or um images of us not arguing but i mean i think basically arguing over our opinion because the way i was raised it's speed and um efficiency over anything else and he's more style and how it looks um so the r18 is definitely the balance between the two Mm. but my thoughts are if you're going to customize something it's got to be less elements um better engineering be quicker and lighter and stronger and if it's not all those things then what's the point in changing it um then he's like oh but it looks good okay (laughs) so yeah it's it's a cool balance to strike it is indeed i mean i've seen you've got a couple of other really nice beamer customs that i can see for sale in your showroom k i think there's a k100 and a k75 so were those bikes that he's built in the past or yeah, so they're ones we've built together. And Paolo, who's um, the top man of BMW, he's, he's brilliant and a great supporter. We always arguing with the other guys that the K100 is such a good base bike because uh, you can just drop engine, gearbox, drive shaft out of it and then just kind of mess around with the frame, whatever you want to do. So we've done two of those now. Uh, sorry, three K100s. Um, we've done a huge... Um, oh, what is it? It's the, th- um, the Rocket 3, the crazy Rocket 3. Um, and a Virago, a 1982 Virago, which is now almost like a superbike setup. Fantastic. Wow, that's a massive variety. So he must have been really pleased when the R18 broke cover. But what about you personally? What were your first impressions of the R18 when you saw it? Were you impressed with the quality of the components, strength of the motor, things like that? The thing I was impressed with is riding it. Um, I've pretty much ridden every bike there is to ride, and 
I'm very good at kind of um, appreciating what there is to appreciate, but then understanding everything has a limitation. But the thing I loved about the R18 is, God, you can rag it. <laughs> it's, I mean, the, um, the the geometry of the frame and the stiffness of it, it can really handle some really aggressive riding. People don't um, realize that, do they? No, and especially the ergonomics of the original ones, the way they sit you is completely wrong for riding aggressively. Um, so the major thing we've done with our, our um, Leone edition is to kind of make it a more aggressive seating position. So you're almost like a um, a spread out superbike stance on the R18 and lying on the tank pretty much. You've lifted the tank, but it, it gives you that feeling you kind of want to get your knee down. And the nice thing is the stiffness of the chassis, even with the torque, it can handle it. And that's what really drew me to the bike. I was like, Steve, I, th- I think we can we can go crazy with this. Um, and also you can look cool going slow on it as well, which is important. Yeah, I mean, from the pictures of Steve and yourself sitting on the bike that I saw, the riding position, it really does seem a lot more sporty and aggressive, more more of a stretch to the bars than a laid-back, chilled-out stance. And I wondered if that was because of the roads in Jersey and the lack of long straights, whether it makes a difference to the riding position or if it's just really primarily because it looks good. The 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 major factor is it's it's faster. <laughs> this is my 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 input on it. Um, we've we've moved got custom pegs being made for the the foot pegs, so to actually increase the major issue with the R eighteen is the way you feet your feet and the Boxster engine get quite cramped. Um, but what we've actually done is bring the foot pegs back and up, so it increases the bend in your leg, very similar to a superbike. So it frees up your hip space, frees up everything, so you can lie a lot more aggressively on the bike. So when you're going around the corners, the center of gravity is so much lower down and further forward. Um, so yeah, it was, it was purely because it just rides so much better if you want to ride aggressively in that position. Interesting, and you also mentioned Il Leone there, which I think means the lion in Italian. Wasn't that the nickname that the Tifosi gave to your dad, Nigel, during his Ferrari Formula One glory years? I'm guessing there's a story there. Yeah, so it's it's basically me finding the excuse to get away with spending more money. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I spoke to, when I got BMW dealership, I was telling them my um, aspirations is to come up with some really incredible custom um, but instead of completely changing the engineering of the bike, try and add to it. Um, so yeah, Ilioni's what they used to call my dad, Lionheart. And it's kind of my expression of what it was like to be the son of it, of him. And um, what the true characteristics of a champion are. I think there's a lot of um, fluffing going around how nice everyone is all the time, especially from the 80s and 90s. And like the bike, it's they not nice. No, <laughs> the, the bike's not nice. It's um aggressive, fast, and there's no um there's no corners being cut. You just got to do what's best and what works. And I think it's just so nice to be able to have an outlet for it, which someone can. And when they sit on it, when the my one's going a bit too eccentric, it's got a suicide shift and a foot clutch. And that goes back to I was fortunate enough to drive Senna's 1987 um, Lotus. Wow. And they were like, oh, I'll just to let you know, it's reverse H box. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, first is here, second's there, third's there, fourth's there. I'm like, oh my God, this car's worth millions and it's completely upside down box. I'm like, why is it like that? They're like, oh, it's just less linkages. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow, how do you get your brain around that? At exactly, yeah. and it's the same thing. Like back in the 1930s, the BMWs, um, they're running hand shifters. Um, so when they used to race them back in the day, because it was just easier. 
uh, and it, it then evolved to becoming a foot shifter and hand clutch. So I just kind of wanted a challenge for the brain. Fantastic. Uh, we're doing yeah. a lot of other options that are safer, <laughs> for more for more for orders, friendly orders. Yeah, you can always go safer, but not if you don't have to. I mean, I personally love that first edition R18, but then I'm not a builder, and it is, of course, made to be customized. So what was your vision in the beginning for this custom project? Because it is a retro-style cruiser, but you can go anywhere with it, can't you? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't really make a plan. It just it was get on it. I put a few hundred miles on it on a weekend, and I just couldn't get away from the fact of how well it handled. And I think we were going to go a completely different direction till I rode it. And then after that long weekend, I just said to Steve, we've got to make this thing faster. Because it was brilliant. My guys on um, proper superbikes couldn't keep up with me around a few corners. Just because the, the torque levels and the grip from the weight you get, your mid-exit grip from the rear is just incredible. Um, and the cool thing is, you've got hill start, you've got reverse, you've got the double clutch so you don't get any bogging down, it's, it slips a bit later for you. So then you've got all the beautiful aids of a new bike, hand warmers, <laughs> all the things, all the things like <laughs> yeah. my, the 1982 Virago, you've got to say like a little prayer that you hope the brakes work and everything is going to go. Um, and occasionally it just won't start for who knows why. But then with the R18, you've got something that looks unique, old got so many elements to it and it's just at the end of the day it's so reliable it's going to start on the first tap of the button it's got hill start so you've got all the 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 modern aids you actually like you wouldn't admit you like but you do actually want them absolutely yeah so talk us through these mods then because from what i've seen so far you've used the brand's history for inspiration in places but you've changed quite a lot so what have you changed why did you change it and what parts have you designed or sourced yourself well the main inspiration was the 1930s back to like the racing um so it was kind of like a a modern take on if we were going to go race an r18 now what would we do to it um and setting a few limitations as they do in any race championship is like we can't change we can't change the actual mechanical side of the bike we don't want to strap a supercharger or turbo to it because at the end i don't think you can go much quicker on it if you did because it's such a well-balanced thing so the, the first thing we do is a tail tidy we didn't want to go full on chop like the hogs, um, so we we've kept it quite streamlined. And if you look from the back of the bike, if you kind of squat down, the top of the Boxster engines are flat. The engine's flat. We've then lifted the tank instead of the tank being angled down. It's now flat, and the lines from the rear tail is flat. So it looks like an aeroplane from behind. All the lines marry up. Um, that was the first thing we did. Uh, little things like a side mounted number plate. Um, got rid of the re- put tiny little racing indicators on because we want it to be legal as well as close to legal <laughs> that grey area cool <laughs> cool but legal yeah. pushing um, the boundaries yeah we wrap we wrap the exhausts the old white wrapping um, put custom short um, straight through baffles on uh, got rid of the big heavy um, exhausts then with the the seat was probably the the craziest thing we've done in terms of out there is it's almost like a um, murder GPC. It's got a straight back oh, and okay. then it sits up exactly in line with the rear tail. So it also follows the lines of the bike. Nice. So it almost looks dragster-esque, but it's also got a pillion on it. So you can run a passenger on the back. That's good. Yeah. So I wanted that balance between it looks awesome, but if you if you look cool and you can't pick up a hot chick, what's the point? Was that your one nod to practicality, was it? <laughs> practicality to get the girls home, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, the handlebars. The, the, probably the biggest engineering we've done is the top yoke. Um, we've done a lot of CAD designs, and we've done a lot of. I think we're on prototype number three. Okay. So we, yeah. the highest point of the bike is the top of the bars. The, the sorry, the top of the um, suspension bars. Okay. Yeah. So the hand the handlebars actually sit below that now, and the top yoke's all integrated. So we've taken three or four different components and it's made it into one single piece, and then the handlebars slide straight through it now, and they get clamped. And was that an aesthetic thing, or does it really make a difference to the way the bike handles, or a bit of both? It the bike handles a lot better because you can stay forward. But once soon as we started doing it, and we realised the highest point of the bikes, the um, headlight, it just looked so good, so clean. So we dropped the speedo down to the side, and they kind of started running with that aeroplane vibe. Um, and it, it looks like the Batmobile on the road now. <laughs> um, and then the next eccentric thing we, we again got carried away with is we've started putting a lot of wooden elements to it. Um, That's interesting. I yeah. love I love wood as a as a natural material and the way you can work it and what you can do with it, but not the most practical thing for a bike. No, I know, but my dad's world championship car that we've got up here, we um we're building it next to it. It's got a wooden gear shifter knob. Um so we, we kinda took fantastic. It, yeah, we took inspiration from that. So we used the same shade, kind of the same grain. Um and there's a oil radiator which is um now completely handcrafted wooden and then there's lots of other kind of stripes and lines or blanks on bolts. Um the drop bungs are uh, wood as well. Um uh, obviously with F one cars and most race cars the the floor's made out of wood. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, they put the titanium bits on the F1s to make the sparks, but it's still wood underneath. Of course, and, and going back to cars from the 20s and 30s as well, it was pretty much all wooden chassis, wasn't it? Yeah. But which wood do, have you used for these elements? Have you used different woods or all pretty we've, much? We've finally... Well, <laughs> I'll let you know when we decide what doesn't crack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just, we've got our first prototypes now. We've got a few different types. I mean, it's more like a, a rich high. We wanted to see the graining. Um, so the front mudguard, we've actually left it as a, the original one. But in the middle of it, we've got a stripe of uh, wood. But we've got to the point where the age lines, the center of the trees underneath the forks, and then the age lines make their way out towards the edge of the mudguard. But it's so... My main factor was the... Every element we do, whether it's wood, um, we've done these amazing Red 5 um, sprayed number plates, which are hand-sketched hand, um, off the F1 car. If you don't like it, it's cool, but you can kind of appreciate the engineering or the workmanship behind it. Yeah. There's yeah. no corners that have been cut. It's not like, oh, we found that on the internet and strapped it on. Everything's been handmade. Everything's original. Um, and that's the even the seat. We're doing a carbon fiber seat panel. Uh, underneath and the the soft gel on top and the leather all hand done so we're hoping to be able to do orders if someone wants one similar to this we can be like right this is the package we've done and there's the visual one and then there's also the how far down the engineering side do you want to change yeah the the world is your oyster you can literally express yourself via this bike but what about the painted surfaces what was the inspiration there you know because i think you've you've used special surface paint on like the side mounts and the wheels calipers mug guards things like that so the the bmw heritage logo is beautiful it's almost like a dark copper 
Um, so we've color matched the wood stain, the rims of um, the bike. We've kept the spokes the same. And then also now we've done um, a mirror. So it's not white pinstripe with a black tank. It's now white tank, white mudguard um, with a black pinstripe. So and we, we've also used the M Sport pearl white. So it's kind of um, seeking inspiration from within the brand and the brand's history. Yeah. 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 It's um, It's trying to... If the 1930s were here again, this would be the modern kind of uh, take on it. Yeah. And you spoke earlier about this suicide shift and, and full culture <laughs> that you've incorporated. And yeah. can you explain what this is and what it entails for some of our younger listeners? Because uh, there's a reason it's got that name, isn't there? Yeah, there is. I'm trying not to publicize that too much. Um, so, yeah, basically normal motorbike, you've got clutch on your left hand, a front brake on your right, and then your accelerator on your right hand. Your right foot is your rear brake and your left foot's your um, shifter up and down the gears. So we've basically done a F1 inspired. It's a really short linkage, a really aggressive shifter. So when you drive a F1 car or you drive any race cars and you pull it into gear, it's a t it's only about two or three inches high the the shifter knob, and they're always sequential up and down, mm. unless you go back to the 80s. And uh, yeah, so now on this bike, your left foot's your clutch, just as in the car, um, and your left hand does the hand shifter. But the cool thing about that is the left side of the bar is empty. All right. So you don't have to have a handle on the bar, so you get a very clean look. Um, your right foot remains the rear brake, and your right hand remain, remains the front brake. The, the, issue, the issue is if, you, if you're in first and the bike leans to the left and you take your foot off to put your foot down, you drop the clutch. Of course. Um, <laughs> and when there's 150 newton meters of torque, it's not going to stall. You're just gonna you're gonna slide through the car in front. You're gonna just lurch forward, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But it but it keeps people on their literally on their toes, doesn't it? It was it was just to increase the experience of the ride. I'm not saying it's going to be something we retail. Someone can have it if they'd like. Um, we're going to we're adapting all the foot pegs and all the custom stuff uh, without the option of the clutch as well. Um, so you can have exactly the same bike just without the suicide shift, but it's I've always loved getting put in a car. I drove a Formula 5000 when I was 16, and the guy was just like, look, if you see smoke or you smell petrol, park up, get out and run like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, you basically sit on front of the, the oil, you sit on front of the oil um, reservoir and also the, the fuel tank, and it's terrifying. I can believe um, and I think now with there's so many aids, there's not many new things coming out that just back to like the Ilioni thing. It should be challenging. It should be difficult. You should feel a little bit afraid. You certainly feel alive. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And then the great thing is without the suicide shift, it's such an incredible bike um, you can travel the world with. Yeah. Yeah. What's that thing they say about never feeling more alive than at the moment of <laughs> when, the oil, yeah, exactly. when you smell the oil? So yeah. you spoke about also the some of the modern features and some of the safety aids and things like that, things that you maybe uh, don't want, but really glad you have and really appreciate. Did you manage to keep all of those? Or did you manage to hide them? I mean, how, how have you managed to keep them in there? Um, so we've all the, basically the base bike, this is what we're trying to really accomplish. The base bike, the electronics, everything remains the same. We've moved things. Uh, we've moved the dash and we've done a few little change, changed the um, indicators. But in terms of 
the the warranty it's still it's still there so the base bike all the tech it remains on the bike which was really important for me because as much as people it's fun i mean super bikes used to go down to italy a lot online and you you have one without abs and you have one without traction control it's great but when you're tired after seven hours and it starts raining um you really want those aids to kind of turn them up and know you're going to get home safe so yeah it was important to keep the base bike the same um so that all remains untouched yeah and you mentioned earlier about the, the customizable foot pegs because of the different riding position and obviously different sizes and types of rider but you also mentioned um racing rubber and yes gen- genuinely i was surprised when you talked about me about the way the bike handles but is that genuinely because of the way the bike can handle or is it a little bit more about aesthetics as well um i think for me it was more about the bike the way it shocked me it just completely blew my mind of how well it rode and a lot of the reviews i watched um people were complaining it's a bit stiff and it hurt their back which i completely agree with if you you're buying a cruiser bike and you want to go around like a harley and you want to be able to hit a speed bump or a small child and not feel it it's they're big horrible tractors that are built to sound great look cool and just kind of sit on all day but this bmw it isn't a harley anywhere near a harley it's a high performance bike so i think it kind of we went more extreme with it as soon as we started riding it harder um and now with the foot pegs one of the i think this is one thing one of the major issues is the boxster engine is so big on each side i mean you've got 900 cc each side and one piston um now with the foot pegs and moving your body forward it, it frees up your legs so you've actually accomplished fixing one of the issues one of the issues people say about the bike so two birds with one stone with that one interesting interesting yeah. and how about some of the other early r18 custom projects that we've seen you know like roland sands dragster or the blackman custom and i think more recently that spirit of passion by kingston customers uh, broken cover have you had a look at any of those bikes up close yeah we well, I haven't obviously with covid unfortunately i've been able to go see them but massive fans of them all then definitely using them for inspiration i mean roland sands is gorgeous but it's a completely different frame uh different engine um so it's that's where we've kind of it's what we've done with our older bikes uh, Virago and things like that but what I found is the customers you're trying to appeal to get very narrow um, like Steve and myself we're building these bikes we've done a lot of customers and they were like someone said it to me they're like guys you're building your your last bike because you've ridden them all Greg you've raced for years nothing really scares you you want something that will really get hairs on your chest and they're like we just want something that does have ABS and does have traction control and will and will start and it does have a warranty and we can ride to Spain on it so it was trying to marry the two of they look as cool as all the others but at the end of the day it's a 2020 R18 with a three-year warranty yeah it's yeah. it, it's a difficult one because you can get really eccentric and get really carried away. But this the idea behind this is a limited edition run, Ileone edition. I'm not sure how many we're going to do yet. Um, it's for fans. Uh, there's definitely a lot of tributes to the old man on board. Um, the Red Five sketch, the hand, the guy um, spray painted that's incredibly skilled. That's an amazing piece of art just on its own. Um, but yeah, it's it's trying to make it safe and fun. So my dad could ride it as well. 
<laughs> like, otherwise, yeah. it's just going to be me. And obviously, if if you're in your thirties or late twenties and you've got thirty grand to spend on a bike, you're probably not going to buy an R18. So realistically, the target market for this is the older gentleman. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like there's a hell of a lot of love that's gone into it. Any idea when it will be finished? <laughs> and, um, yeah, we're on, we're, on, we're on phase. I don't think a custard bike's ever finished, is it? Um, so it's, it's currently in the UK. Um, I had to put it on a van, ship the van without anyone on it, so we didn't have to quarantine. Then I had to get three other people to drive to their border to pass it over. So it's now gone to um, get all its CAD parts put on. So when it comes back, it will be 90% finished. Then all the wooden parts, wooden components, everything goes on. We've got some special soft compound tires. We're going as close to race compound as we can. Um, my kind of ambition is to go around the outside of someone <laughs> on a super bike with my hand shifter, smiling at them, and they'll be like, how the hell is that bike doing that? And um, to have a photographer there at the time. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, or at least a bit of onboard anyway. Is it for sale? I mean, there's probably loads of interest on the island already, but do you want it to stay on the island? Or So this one, this is the prototype. Um, and once we've finished this one, we're going to really put it through hell. Because um, the main thing is I want it to be uh, a practical bike for people to buy. I've spoken to BMW, working closely with them to actually have a viable retailed custom offer. Um, so yeah, we're going to market them for sale. We reckon we'll be able to turn one from order to actually to the customer probably in a month. Wow. Um, so yeah, we're hopefully going to be taking orders and helping them edit what they want to do. The great thing is because everything's hard handcrafted and terrifyingly that involves a grinder quite a lot. If they <laughs> if they want to tweak it along the build, it doesn't add any cost. Just get the grinder out. Exactly. Yeah, just get the grinder out. The tool of choice. <laughs> where can people see photos of the bike so far greg uh on the mansell collection website um mansell collection instagram we've kind of kept quiet over it due to the what's going on in the world at the moment um it's taken a bit longer and we're we're trying to plan it for the summer when everyone's feeling a bit more positive totally understand and we can more importantly get out together we're doing the gentleman's ride out in um i think it's may now so we might use that for the launch day. But it, it, as soon as it's finished and put together, we'll put it on the road. I'm not the most patient chap in the world. And everyone's like, no, you can't put it together yet. It's not finished. So, yeah, we're waiting for the day. It's all done. And then we can show everyone, show the world what it looks like. Superb. Well, listen, it's been great chatting with you today, Greg. And I hope that together we've painted a really good picture for the listeners of what the Il Leone R18 is going to look like. Good luck with finishing the build. And please do send us some photos of the completed project or at least all the way through the completion stages. And thanks once again for being our guest on Ride and Talk today. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It'll be, it'll be on the road by March and ready for orders soon after that. Thanks, Greg. You've clearly put a lot of yourself into that build, and I can't wait to see how the finished version turns out. Good luck with developing the Motorrad dealership, bringing us more exciting builds, and growing the biking community on the island. And thanks to all of you out there for listening into our chat about this R18 build. If ever you find yourself in Jersey, do pop in and say hi to Greg at TMC, the Mansell Collection. There's plenty of great bikes to drool over, the coffee's always on, and they've even got a tattoo studio. Bye for now.